Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about the Brides in the Bath murders. uh, Some murders of some brides that took place in the bathtub. Uh, What's your thoughts on that, Nina? I like taking baths, so I'll have to keep an eye on my mister. Yeah, you really. Well, and we we should let the audience know, Timmy, that there's there's been a a huge upgrade this week. Well, I was, I you was... know, we've kind of gone from Windows three O to full blown operating Mac system here. Well, I was um, going because the devil is. Um, I guess she's doing a community service or something this weekend. I, I'm not really well, sure. Well, I um, mean, and we have. She's probably. Been able well, let's to face get, it. She's on a. Uh, it's a holiday weekend, so she's on a three day drunk. She's on a bender. Yeah, sure. And uh, we were able to procure star of not just podcasts, but what radio and television. Nina. Yes, multimedia. Yes, yeah, she's she's really the. Uh, Queen of all media. Know, Kanye West, the podcast. Sort of the ha- she's sort of the Howard Stern of podcasting. Oh, no. She's the queen of all media. Got a whole media empire. So, yeah, pretty much any media you turn on, you can find Nina there. Yes. Our good friend from the Already Gone podcast, the Dead Bowl podcast, from TV, radio. Have you been on stage yet, Nina? Are you... Not since high school. Okay. Are we, I mean, I, I, I've i heard rumors that you may be doing a one-person one uh, act. Broadway play. show. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, Nina. It's called Just, Just Nina. Nina. Just Nina. Yes. The very lovely Nina uh, instead. How are you today, Nina, if at all? I'm well, Timmy. How are you? I am well. I'm glad that you are joining us now. You know, until Brand, we can get uh, Brandy dried out. Yeah, I saw Brandy last week. I, we went out to dinner. See, that makes me uncomfortable, drunk? Colonel. You know. Well, you know what makes me uncomfortable is uh, I don't like the idea of Brandy being able to taint Nina. Well, that's a concern. I, I, I feel like it's a lamb and a wolf situation. You know, Nina is is a very proper lady, very right. 
innocent, very, you know, and, and then you got Brandy around. Just, it's just, I don't know, it seems sullying to me, but much like Mother Teresa, um, decided to spend time with those who really need to to find Jesus. It's like, it's as if Mother Teresa and... Adolf Stalin. Adolf Hitler, yeah, had had yeah, had Stalin lunch. Or Hitler, yeah, or dinner, yeah, very much. I try and be a good influence on Brandy. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. I've been trying <laughs> that for six years now. Welcome to Chuck's world. Yeah, it, it hasn't worked. Maybe you know, and and I know you have you know a lot of witchery in you, so yes. maybe you could cast a spell or something. I don't I don't know what to do with that girl anymore. I will light a candle for Brandy. Well, my concern is that they were plotting, Colonel, to like a no. coup d'etat of the History Leaves podcast. Well, you know, Nina is an ambitious woman, Timmy. Uh, apparently, she's, could... got, she's got TV shows, she's got YouTube channels, she's got podcasts, she's on the radio, there's Which... articles... Tell us this she up. probably got a Depop store somewhere to me that she's selling stuff on the internet, too. Before I forget, Nina, won't you run through all of your... Um, so tell people where they can find you. Oh, no, we got to... Before we run through this, um, if you're comfortable talking about it, Nina, oh God. you won a fairly major award. I did. It was it was in the fall. I won the Voice of the Missing Award from the Missing in Michigan organization, which is run by a member of the state police. And when I was back in Michigan last week, I presented the 2021 award to uh, Lacey James, who was this year's winner. So I was functioning as an ambassador for the organization. Wow. Won't you tell everyone what... I mean, it probably get it from the title, but why don't you tell everyone what Missing in Michigan, what do they do? We provide advocacy and support for families who have missing loved ones. If someone went missing this week or if someone went missing 10 years ago, we work with families and make sure that they're getting the attention and support they need from the community and from law enforcement. So I do that sort of work literally every day working with families see now that's that's what i mean colonel her and brandy together does that make any sense at all it's the yin and the yang she (laughs) is out doing the lord's work nina is and really the devil is out doing well the devil's yeah she's she's uh nina is looking for missing people and Brandy. Brandy is creating missing people. <laughs> Brandy. Yeah, Brandy's missing. Yeah, she's somewhere passed out in her cabin at Sunday morning, the fifth of the bottle in her hand. Just It just doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a uh, good fit. But I'm glad you had, um, glad you had, uh, got to meet or see Brandy again. Now, yes. uh, so what, what other uh, podcasts do you have? Where can people find you? Well, just this week, Charlie from Crime Lines and I recorded a YouTube live stream, which you can watch on Charlie's Crime Lines YouTube channel. And we talked about the Lori Vallow Daybell case um, and some of the work that that I've been doing on the podcast. Um, And then also recently, I did an episode of the Conspirators podcast because our friend Nate Hale was having some issues with his voice. 
So you can check that out. And then, of course, I host Already Gone and Deadball. And, um, yeah, that, the Conspirators podcast is so good. But Nate's back now, right? He's amazing. I, 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 li- I listened he to is. one of his episodes yes. the other day. So it's good. I'm glad that he's back. He, he's a... Uh, he does such a great job with that podcast. He, he did a topic on there that I was really, really jealous of that I would have loved to have done on History Tweets about a guy that walked from New York to Russia. He's like, wow. <laughs> I mean, a true story. And uh, he wanted to go home. He was from Russia and had no way. So he walked. <laughs> it's just like the most fascinating story. He gets the best stories on that on that podcast. Uh, well, it sounds like something you would do, Timmy. Just walk. Yeah, almost a Forrest Gump like. Well, you know that because I, I remember when we had our Fitbit, you used to get like twenty two, twenty five thousand steps a day. Yeah, not anymore. I get like seven a day. <laughs> and that's just to go meet the DoorDash driver. <laughs> exactly, they expect you to come to the door. They just leave it. Yeah. They leave it and take a picture of it and send it to you. Um, so, um, well, Nina, we're very happy that you could join us this week. Uh, and, you know, since Brandy was on, we were unable to, you know, sober her up enough to uh, to record. So we're we're very happy that you're joining us. Well, thank you. And let me introduce uh, a man. Uh, who is really needs no introduction, Nina. He, I, you know, I know you, you do a, a lot of work helping people who are distraught. And that that is good because that is something you and the colonel have in common because in these very troubled times with the uh, pandemic and and our world leaders at each other's throats, People get confused, Nina, and they they look for answers. And thank God we have a um, a man who provides that uh, those answers and direction out of these very very difficult times. He's been called. I know, Nina, you are aware of this. He's been called an oasis in the desert of despair. The very honorable. He's a best-selling author. Soon to be, Timmy. Best-selling author. Well, Nina, I don't. I I have sent you my book, uh, "How to Make Love to a Woman." Correct, Nina? No, not yet. I consider it. Uh, I'll send you an autograph copy of it, Nina. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I look forward. It, it's to It's a life changer, it. really. It's. Um, I, I'm. I'm really, and 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 I don't like to. You know, I'm a humble man. Very humble. You know, I don't like right. to boast. Uh, no. But I'm basically the Tony Robbins of of lovemaking. Um, so, you know, I, I decided to put my transformational powers to paper. And and I found that my greatest audience is uh is women. Most of the people buying my book 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 are women. So they can tell, you know, the significant other, other how to properly uh, service them. And to pleasure them. And since then, since my book came out, Nina, yeah. COVID has ended. Wow. I'm That's not saying one had something to do with the other. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. 
but I'm just saying it happens. There's definitely a correlation there. There's a correlation, yeah. I mean, it. I, I think in the beginning it slowed it down a little bit because, you know, the book came out and the people doing the research, all of a sudden, you know, they were, you know, just wearing their lab coats and nothing else to work and, <laughs> you know, that kind of slowed things down. But, um, but then they got on the ball, so to speak, and, uh, and got us going. So... Uh, I don't like to take credit. We for do. That uh, we should. We we should include a disclaimer, Colonel, for all the women out there who are considering purchasing your book. That um, they need to make sure that they have uh, fresh lubricant, fresh underwear when they. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, because. Um, that could be a problem, and you know, don't read it on the bus. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't. yeah, don't read it on the bus. No, <laughs> yeah, because the women. Uh, here's a question for you, uh, Nina, since you 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 are a female. Uh, does do women normally take extra pairs of underwear with them when they go to work, like in their purse or anything? Not not that I know uh, of. No. Well, what uh, I wonder. You know um, what. You should go through Brandy's purse the next time you see her. Wow. Check. It's all booze. <laughs> I've already... Booze and hashish. It's basically all... all it's ah. in it, and Pop-Tarts. But... Yeah. I always wondered that. Didn't you, Colonel, whether women just carried extra panties around in case they become aroused, you know, during the course of the I'm day? I'm usually wondering if they're actually wearing underwear, Timmy. <laughs> That's usually what's going through my mind. Sometimes you can see the line really clearly, and you know that they got, you know, size six underwear uh-huh. and a size eight ass. But you know, that way you can tell. But some women you can't, and you think, hmm, I think she might be going commando. Well, I, I mean, you know, you, know, they, you never know when you're, you know, you walk, uh, if you're on the bus or you're walking downtown, you might see Tom Jones and. Or you, Colonel, and, th- and then they uh, and they have a compulsion to to throw underwear. So Did that Tom might jo- be a good reason to keep a pair in the purse. Yeah. So you don't have Did- to get undressed in the middle of the street. <laughs> oh no, I thought I was going to say good idea. <laughs> I was going to say Tom Jones just died, but it was B.J. Thomas. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, apparently, a raindrop fell on his head, Timmy. Apparently, this crushed him. <laughs> Oh man, that's the only song he ever had, wasn't it? You want to, you want to, you uh, want to do a one. little B.J. Thomas uh, tribute, Colonel? Oh, he did another one, Timmy. I can't help this feeling. Oh yeah, I like that song too. Deep inside of me, ooga shaka, ooga shaka, ooga. Remember that song, Timmy? <laughs> ooga shaka. I do. Ooga shaka, ooga shaka. What was the name of it? I always thought. Yeah. Um, what was that song? <laughs> I don't know. Write that down. Yeah, right. There. Jamie, look that up, please. Um, uh, does Nina has uh, Nina met Raymond. your imaginary uh, assistant? Hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. Ah, yes. hooked on a feeling. Well, I got Lily right here next to me. She will look it up for me, and that's how I just got it. She whispered, "My, you're hooked on a feeling." I see. She's a good girl. She is a good girl. And uh, okay, but I have to introduce you, Chuck. We haven't got done that yet. Oh yeah, we have the done very that honorable Charles, the uh, a man of God, Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the third. 
affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Timmy, I'm wonderful, Timmy. I couldn't be better. I mean, we have the, we have uh, isolated the devil. We know that she's not within a 200-mile radius. And uh, we have Nina. And I That's have true. my son, one of my boys, is home from California with my wonderful grand dog, Stevie. Couldn't be a sweeter dog born. And Bo's better. Bo was a little ill last week, and he had his second birthday uh, yesterday. So everything's and, going pretty good. And in Bo gave us quite a scare. He gave me quite a scare, yeah, and uh, and uh, picked my pocket too. But he uh, he's he's better. That's the only thing that matters. And he's back to his. You know, you know, Bo is back to normal when you think. Sweet Jesus, what an asshole this dog is. <laughs> you know, he back knows to his own recovery. Yeah. <laughs> he must be feeling yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the Mrs. Colonel says that because one day I was complimenting. And I, I look how she posted a picture of him and, and said something about, oh, he's adorable or something like that. And, and Mrs. Colonel replied, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's, 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 I always say he is five pounds of rage and confidence, Timmy. He's, he, he thinks he's a hundred pound dog. He's, he's got that confidence that I do admire in him. Wow. But, uh, but so yeah, everything's going very well in my world. All Timmy. right. Well, I'm glad it, I'm glad he's feeling better. Okay. Now, unlike some of these other ladies that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about this dude's, uh, and his dastardly deeds. Uh, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to we have four people we want to give a quick shout out to who have been longtime listeners. And uh, we just want to recognize that quickly. Priscilla Paul, thank you for listening, Priscilla. Robert Savenall, uh, thank you, Robert. And Michelle Herbin. We want to thank her as well. And uh, Chuck, I think you have one as well. Uh, Dan Casey. Yes, Dan from Dan Australia, Casey. down under. Because, Nina, Australia, you might not yeah. uh, be aware of this, but Chuck and I are very big down under. We're very big down under, oh. Nina. So international. Yes. We have like seven listeners there. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think eight if you count... Um, the New Zealanders, Timmy. Yeah, Jess and yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. I wonder how Jessica Stevens in Australia. Yeah, I always, you know, they, Colonel. Does New Zealand and Australia all kind of run together for you? They get, you know, people get upset when we don't distinguish between the two, but they're like over. Yeah, and that's the same. New Zealand's not really its own country. I mean, technically <laughs> they are. They got their own government. I think Jessica. Well, yeah, they got their own government, their own borders. Well, I mean, their they're own. really to me New Zealand is the Canada of Australia to me. It really if it weren't for Australia, that. there would be no New Zealand. You know, they'd be uh, a they'd be a part of the Soviet bloc right now. <laughs> um the only thing keeping them from imminent disaster, and they really don't appreciate what Australia does for them, <laughs> much like Canada does not appreciate what we do for Jess, them. Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if it weren't for us, 
Canada would be up there saying, yet, you know, and buying instead of loonies, they'd be using rubles. But they never thank us for that. I, have, I haven't received a card or anything. No. no. <gasps> it's not like, it, it, thank you, eh? Yep, I'm glad I'm not <laughs> happening to wear a big wool hat, eh? Uh, so, we're just have, kidding, Jessica. Uh, she's going to, hopefully she'll come to uh, DweebCon this year. I don't know if she's loud out of the country. Maybe, maybe I hope she does. <laughs> but uh, uh, she's a lovely woman. She is. She is. All right, let's talk about the brides in the bath murders. Uh, George Joseph Smith. Now that is an undistinguished name, Nina. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call him Georgie because he's a dick. He was a okay. he was an English serial killer and a bigamist. It doesn't mean he was really large. I you know I say that. For, <laughs> no? I I'm sorry, Nina. You're very intelligent, but sometimes we kind of have to break things down for Brandy. Oh, yeah. Timmy, Timmy. Yes, we did not. Before we get into this, we better do a disclaimer. Oh yes, uh, Nina. We. Uh, like would like to remind everyone we use adult language we're a comedy podcast and we sometimes use adult language so if adult language um if adult language offends you then what should people do nina get the fuck out <laughs> there we go it's my G-G-O. favorite part of having nina on here you don't swear on your podcast F-bombs though for days no not usually you could use more. Yeah. You could use more. Just spice no, it Yeah, just, bit. you know. Yeah. Throw in a th- Drop the occasional yeah, F-bomb. Yeah, exactly. We'll be happy to, you know, record something for you if you'd like that you can just kind of drop in. <laughs> a, a promo, so to speak. And and after you get my book, uh, maybe you could give it a little plug on your show. I could do that. Yeah. Sure. Because, you know, you have exponentially more listeners than we do, so... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you got I more could, than twelve. Maybe I could sell more than four <laughs> copies. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've. My book has been released, but uh, you know, many copies have been given away, and very few have been bought. So maybe you could help me with that, Nina. So anyway, let's get back to these ladies, Timmy. Okay. Joseph George Joseph Smith was an English serial killer and bigamist. So he. I don't know how many times this dude was married. I don't even think they know. Uh, but it was, I think uh, the next well, it does. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, when I was doing the research for this, they think he may have been married. Well, anyway, I'll get into it. Anyway, he was in 1915. That would be 106 years ago. For those at home don't want, who can't do math, he was convicted and hanged for the murders of three women, the case became known as the Brides in the Bath murders. murders. And it will become clear later on why they gave these murders that name. What made the investigation so difficult and makes this such a difficult story to follow at times, besides my writing, (laughs) is that George Joseph Smith 
was married at least eight times, Colonel. I mean, is think about it, Colonel. Married eight times. Eight wives. He disappointed a lot of women. Uh, you know, that's what I've always said. Why these men that go out and have like these dual lives and are married, you know, two families, two wives, or, you know, whatever they do. It's just another it's just another woman who's going to be mad at you all the time, who's going to have unrealistic expectations, who's going to uh, I I I don't want to sound negative, but why why put yourself through that? Why put yourself through that? Well, he did. He was married he, 8 times, and it is thought that maybe he was married as as many as 12 times. And so we're clear, this is not like 12 consecutive times. He was married, he had maybe up to 12 wives at one time. Who has time for that? I don't know. I mean, you know, you would, it's like you'd never get to watch the TV show you wanted to watch. He had 12 wives around. No. He had to, he had to pleasure a lot of women, Colonel. I, I know you understand that burden that he was under. Well, it is a burden, but the bigger burden is how do you ever get to watch ESPN Sports Center, Timmy? <laughs> well, I guess they didn't have it back then, but you know, that would it really it's it would be a problem today. You know, the one of the best ways to do that is you do the uh the re- reverse cowgirl thing and then you just have her lean to yeah. the side. Just doggy style. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can catch up on Sports Center. Yeah, and some you know the good thing about it is you're getting the scores, and uh, it really they can't tell the difference because you you know you're like yes <laughs> when you find out the you know the Reds won in the bottom of the ninth yeah. and and you know they're thinking oh well, yeah I'm, I'm really doing a good job here and it's like yes <laughs> oh son of a bitch and they're like oh what could I. I'm sorry, what did I, you know, what what should I do? And so it can be a little confusing for him. But if your team's on a winning streak, that's when you want to watch it. Yeah. You know, when they're on a losing streak, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be doing it. And be, oh, God damn it, not again. Yeah. You know, because then they, they uh, women, uh, I, I found this out, and for the male listeners, women uh, can be sensitive, Timmy. They can be sensitive. Is this in your book? It is. It is, actually. It's in Chapter 2. They can be sensitive. And uh, you don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, you know? like... And you don't want to say... The, the danger is... I mean, I've yelled out slide a few times. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they don't... God damn it, shank to the right. God damn it. It's... it. Yeah, they... I'm sure it's well received. Yeah. <sighs> Ooh, that's that's that one's out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to be careful that you don't just blurt things out, Timmy. So this guy had a lot of wives. That's what I'm getting at. Speaking of which, I should um, mention this so I'm not in hot water. This topic was recommended by my lovely girlfriend Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Irish and fake Irish Leanne. She, I. 
did I took an episode suggestion from her in 2018, and I promised her as uh, part of my. And this is it? <laughs> no, no, no. We did a different <laughs> one, the tea teacup poisoner. I told her oh, okay. that uh, the way I, I express my love is that I will take a suggestion from her every three years. So, oh, okay. That's, well, she you're started. A hopeless romantic. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm a little concerned by that, Timmy. She's she's maybe the Yoko Ono of the dweebs, Timmy. <laughs> she, she's starting to tell us what episodes. I, I know. Oh, the Yoko Ono. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Leanne. Yoko Yoko Flanagan. And <laughs> if this episode sucks, you know who to blame, right? No, they're going to blame us, Timmy. Well, they're going to blame us. This guy had at least six different aliases and likely more. Uh, his aliases included Oliver, Oliver George Love, Charles Oliver, Oliver James, Henry Williams, John Lloyd, Oliver Smooth. Smooth, smooth, smooth. Oliver Smooth, smooth. He was a smooth operator. And James Oliver. He really liked that Oliver, didn't he? Like that heaven in his name. So uh, this guy had a lot of different. See, that was back in the day when you could get by with shit, you know, before computers and stuff, and you just yeah, before the internet, yeah. and people could look you up and look up your criminal records and yeah, see you on. Mugshot.com. It was a simpler time. It really was. It was a simpler time. I always, when I was dating, I would always screen my dates on Mugshot.com. <laughs> <laughs> did you hope to find them there, or did you avoid them if well, you found them there? <laughs> Well, I mean, it depends on what the charge was. Depends yeah. on the night. Sometimes you don't mind. So, George Joseph Smith. We're going to call him Georgie. Just because he killed a bunch of people and we don't like him. George Joseph Smith was born in London on January the eleventh, eighteen seventy two. Do you know do you know what that means, Nina? His mom was pregnant at the holidays? Yes. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Even Labor Day, she was walking around pregnant, waddling. Although you know, there's a uh, there's a lot of um, pregnant videos on the Pornhub, Colonel. No, no, <laughs> there no. is. It's a it's a fetish. No, we're not talking about that. It's a fetish. No, move on. It, it, you know why it's fetish though? I you know they they say that pregnant women glow. You know, you have a glow to you. Mm -hmm. I I kind of find that to be kind of true. Is it? it I, and I, and I'm serious when I ask this. Is there is it something hormonal that it does to your skin and your hair and probably makes a change? Because I mean, you rarely see um, a really ugly pregnant woman. That's just been my. Experience. You guys are radiant when you're when you're pregnant. Yes, yes. Or or maybe it's just you know I what what I think it is is uh 
is envy is you see a pregnant woman and you think that that is the one thing she can do that I cannot. Sure. There's that. Yeah. Although you would do it with a lot less complaint, Colonel. <laughs> well, far less complaint. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I wouldn't be talking about the pain. I've had my gallbladder out, for God's sake. Oh, my God. Um, I know what pain is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If you've been a colonel for a while, you know what pain is. You know, people talking about babies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, you know, I'll give them their due. They do, you know, they can do that, and I can't. All, right, all they I really need to. to do is, like, really clench their fist for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, just push. Right. Just push. I understand why Brandy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> How hard can that be, Nina? I mean. <laughs> I mean, women been doing it since they was in, living in caves. Yeah. Out you know, in the fields, and then, they, then they just go and continue to work. Well, back in old days, they did. Now I think it's like a nine-week recovery. Or yeah, something. they didn't have paternity leave back in the day. Somebody. Yeah, I mean now women getting IV fluids and they pain that killers. Back in the olden days, painkillers, epi- epidermises, epidural. So, um, one of the things. Ep- what was that? Epidural. Epidural. I'm sorry. Okay, but it's a skin thing. If you ever, uh, I mean, the the one advantage of, I mean, there's many advantages of buying the Colonel's book, but he has illustrations in in his book about the female body parts, and he'll he'll, did he draw them himself? He breaks it all down for you, Anita. It's very easy. He makes it very easy to read, and uh, Uh he has like little you know arrows pointing to certain things. Well, a couple of the pages are actually pop-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got two are actually two are actually uh scratch and sniff. <laughs> so. Is it a coloring book? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You can pick, you know, well, just really the hair and the eyes because everything else is kind of the same. So <laughs> Remember that time you posted the your photo you you drew a the anatomy of a woman and posted it online. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I enlightened many people with that to me. <laughs> you really did. It was well received. It was well received. Well received. So anyway, George. Yeah, not so much by the women, and I was trying to teach them. <laughs> I think the, right. you called a pubic hair fur. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The fur lining to me. The fur lining. Uh, so anyway, this Georgie is born in London, 1872. He was the son of a respectable insurance agent. Maybe maybe like the gecko guy, Colonel. His dad was a lizard. <laughs> his dad was a lizard. Or Flo. He meant Flo might have been his mom. Uh, Georgie got into trouble at a very early age. He had a... He had a troubled childhood. When he was six years old, he was arrested for stealing ladies' bloomers and undergarments from uh, clotheslines in uh, his <laughs> East London neighborhood. That's back in the day where women didn't have dryers, Colonel, and washing right. machines. Right. They had to, you know, use rocks and they take it to down to the creek. Delicates out on the line, yeah. Yeah, they got it. If you hear the if you hear uh, classical 
sonnet behind me. Mm-hmm. It is because my son, who is home from Los Angeles, decided that while I was recording a podcast, it would be good for him to sit down and just play the piano for a while. Yeah, well, that's good. So, can, um, yeah, you know, it'll make. That's how seriously they take my career in podcasting. <laughs> well, Georgie denied uh, uh, the charges of stealing the bloomers, and he claimed it had been a gift from a female admirer. Now, again, he was what? how old at this time? Very young. Six, I think. Uh, at age seven, he was arrested for breaking into homes and committing petty larceny. Seven years old. So he's an, he's an overachiever at the young age, Nina. He was. Uh, but Georgie had a way with the ladies, even from a very early age. He would charm his female classmates into doing his homework and bringing him cakes and other sweets. Oh. So he was a ladies' man. Very early on, the ladies. Have you ever traded your Have you ever traded your underwear for a cake, Nina? No, not for a cake. What kind of cake would it be that would get you to give up your underwear? Oh, it would have to be a really good cake. So maybe a coconut cake. Coconut. Now, see, I would give up mine for a red velvet cake. Hmm. I'd pretty much give up anything for a red velvet cake. Um, Listeners, so <laughs> December 7th on my birthday, <laughs> on my birthday, December 7th, uh, remember Red Velvet. Red Velvet cake. Not sending your mind to wear because it's my birthday. <laughs> Any other time, though, you would. Any other time I would, yeah. So uh, he had a way with the ladies. His charm with the fairer sex was not limited to girls his own age. Once... When about to receive a demerit from the headmistress at his school for swearing, Georgie was able to endear himself to her by writing her a poem praising her beauty and gold, quote, unquote, golden heart. The demerit was never issued. That's a hell of a title to me, headmistress. <laughs> Headmistress, I you know it makes it makes one wonder mm-hmm. do the, <laughs> do they have at different schools like the handmistress or the you know the dirty flower mistress the uh, <laughs> the, the, the butt stuff mistress mistress uh, I I don't know I mean how do you how do you how do you really interview for that job is what I'm wondering, Timmy. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. No, no, no. He uh, at least. But so the point here is he could he had the gift of gab and he could he was like Leon Phelps. He's the ladies man. <laughs> he was. Ladies man. But still, <laughs> he had to wang, Colonel. Still, Georgie was headed down a path to serious crime at an exceedingly early age. In 1881, at the age of nine, Georgie served uh, time for swindling and theft. Swindling. Swindling. I mean, nine years old, the kid is in the pokey. This was the result (laughs) of 
of Georgie stealing church funds after convincing a nun to open a safe for him in the Monsignor's office. It netted the young boy nearly 2,200 pounds. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of dough in 19, when was this, 1880? 1880? Yeah. Serious bank. 1881, I'm sorry. That's back when pounds was worth something. Yeah. While in reform school, Georgie... so what is a quid and a pound the same thing? Is that like saying bucks and dollars? I don't, you know. Nina, I you're an inter- Nina's really an international woman of inter- uh lady of international. Uh, She's well traveled. Well traveled. Uh, is I actually don't know if a quid and a pound is the same thing. You should you should text your girlfriend and ask her because she'll know. Yeah, she lies. Um, oh. <laughs> write that down, Colonel. Absolutely to research that. She's definitely gonna lie when you get there and start. She starts giving you a change. Yeah, she's like, like, oh, here's three pence. Three pence. That's like ten pounds. I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, but no, uh, actually, a quid is one pound sterling. Okay, so it's like saying a buck, right? Instead of a dollar. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Today I learned. Well, this is an educational podcast, uh, Nina. It is. We it is. we look to enlighten our folks. Now, it helps that our listeners are not really all that bright, and and we are able to, you know, teach them very simple things. But my horizons are broadened. See, you learn a lot from being on this podcast. Yeah. Now, now yeah, we can just make stuff up, and they don't. <laughs> we've we've done that before. We often do, yeah. <laughs> like we often do, like half the script. <laughs> yeah, we we do a lot of victim blaming here. It's like yeah, if you're not smart enough to know we're lying, it's your own fault. So, uh, Nina, I, we were working through a script. I don't say when people will look it up, but <laughs> we were talking about 1896, and one of the characters in the script got into a got arrested for creating a scene at a movie theater in eighteen seventy six. I don't think there was movie theaters in eighteen seventy six. No, I don't think yeah. so either. Yeah. So we had to edit that. So while in reform school, Georgie charmed a female to provide him with additional food and treats that he would sell to the other boys. So he had a he had a racket going in in the joint. He eventually talked the woman into stealing a key from the warden's office and smuggling it to him, allowing him to escape before his sentence had expired. So he's quite the charmer, Nina. He yes. he was working these women. You have to wonder, Timmy, how I mean, just what kind of danger noodle this boy had, you know? <laughs> what, was, what, what, what did you call it? The danger noodle. <laughs> danger. danger noodle. Is it, oh you think God. maybe he was well hung? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he, he very well could have been, yeah. <laughs> that This required um, Georgie to assume an alias because obviously he's snuck out of uh, reform school. 
Uh, and he went by the alias Oliver George and began living uh, mostly on the streets, stealing food and money at every opportunity. So he was like a what was that uh, kid in uh, uh, Shakespeare's? Was it Oliver? Was that the, the play? Well, I don't think Oliver Twist and Shakespeare. I don't think Shakespeare actually wrote Oliver Twist, but that was they're both Charles famous Charles literature. Dickens. So okay. yeah, they're close enough. Yeah. yeah, old old English white guys. These were Dickensian times he was living in, Timmy. Well, by the time uh, Georgie had reached the age of fifteen, he had at least seven girlfriends, range player ranging in the age. Get this, Colonel. Range seven girlfriends when he was fifteen, ranging from the ages twelve to forty-two. Player, that's quite a raise, uh, and I believe illegal. But how old was he? <laughs> fifteen. Fifteen? No, maybe not. But wow, he must have. It's believed that Georgie he must have had quite the thunder sword <laughs> on him, Timmy. Quite the thunder sword. Thunder sword. It's believed that Georgie lost his virginity at the age of 16 to a woman who was more than 30 years his senior, so at least 46. Oh. 46 back in those days was like 85 today. Yeah, yeah, that was old. Yeah. Well, in... Yeah, he was having to use a lot of butter on that. Whatever you're into, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure you wipe off your. Uh, what should he wipe off, Colonel? When he's done, what should he wipe off? Um, he just needs to make sure he cleans little Elvis there, Timmy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, in 1896, at the age of 24, Georgie uh, was imprisoned for 12 months for persuading his 53 year old girlfriend to steal more than 4,000 pounds from her employer. So, a lot of dough there. And 4,000 pounds in, when did I say this was? 1896? It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. Georgie used the proceeds. Georgie must have been uh, quite the, quite the, uh, he he just, Georgie could have wrote his own book. Yeah. Yeah, I might have been able to take some tips from Georgie. Well, now Georgie used the proceeds from his theft to open up a baker's shop, so that's good. I mean, he was at least when he stole money, he was trying to make an honest living. He went to go. Yeah, he tried to go to legit, Timmy. Yeah, this was perhaps the first and last brush, though, that Georgie had with legitimate work. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like it so much. Um, so in 1898, Georgie got married. He married a woman by the name of Caroline Beatrice Thornhill. Uh, now he married her under another alias, Oliver George Love. Oliver Love. Oliver Love. Oliver Love. Oliver Love. I believe that was a Led Zeppelin song, Timmy. I I think you're I think you're like right. Yeah. yeah. And they lived in Les, Lester. Lester is it Lester? I don't know how to Lester. Lester. Okay. 
it was his only legal marriage, although he <laughs> also married another woman in 1899. So that was his like that was his legit marriage, and then he starts marrying people left and right. The couple, uh, Georgie and uh, Carolyn Beatrice Love. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Moved um, to London, where she worked as a maid for several employers. And she stole from them and gave the booty to her husband. She gave him the booty, Colonel. Well, she was giving the booty to her husband, yeah. yeah. yeah she has a responsibility. <laughs> she does have a responsibility. <laughs> Turn over the booty. Give me the booty. <laughs> Anyway, she was eventually caught and sentenced to 12 months in Old Bailey, a courthouse prison in London. Ever been to London, Nina? I have. I've been a couple of times. Yeah, I went there last year. Going this summer, too. Well, I'm going to see Leanne this summer. and then. But we went to, um, last time I met her in London. It's kind of a cool city, I thought. It is. On her release um, from uh, her unfortunate incarceration, uh, Beatrice uh, incriminated her husband, Georgie. And see, you always got to keep you always got to keep money on the books, Colonel, because women get when your wife goes to prison for you, you got to keep money on the books, guys. As they say, what do we always say, Timmy? Bitches be testifying. Bitches be testifying. That's right. Mm-hmm. Would you wear that on a t-shirt, Nina, if we bought you one? Probably. <laughs> yep. So. Bitches be testifying. Bitches be testifying. So from prison. So Georgie got sentenced to two years after she 
uh, it's very unladylike, I thought, Colonel, for her to turn on her husband like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it shows just a disloyalty that you can almost not even fathom. Can never forgive, really. Yeah. Especially after you've been in prison for it. Well, while in prison, um, Georgie tried to make amends. He, He wrote his wife, declaring his love for her and begging her to recant her allegations against him. Uh, so that they could be, quote, reunited in matrimony as soon as possible. So now Beatrice is on the... So she could drop the booty. (laughs) Beatrice is on the outside. Georgie's on the inside. He's trying to get her to recant so that he can get out. We have some slow listeners, Nina. I have to recap like after every sentence. Oh. It's the drugs. It's the drugs that they take. It is. I drugs think it are might bad. Be some of, and some of the drugs you take, in fact. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, so feeling bad that she had indicted Georgie, her husband, and believing that he truly did love her, she recanted the allegations against him. At this point, Georgie was released from prison, and his wife was promptly arrested again and charged with perjury. Her letters from prison to Georgie, who was now on the outside, went unanswered. What do you think about that, uh, Nina? I think that Georgie tricked her. Yes, yes. Georgie loved. Georgie loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Although he's yeah, Oliver well, Love, you know, no, he's George. Oliver yeah. Love. I can't keep track of his name or his wife. You know, I think she was just thinking, "What have I done?" You know, I need to get that bacon bazooka back here. You know, bacon bazooka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was just like, "Oh no," you know, I can, I can do this myself, but you know, it's much like, it's much like cooking a meal for yourself. It's just not the same. You know, oh my God. when you gotta when right. you gotta make your own sandwich, somebody uh, some somebody makes you a meal. It's it's better. That's why you go to a restaurant. So yeah, she hmm. started to uh, she started to show some remorse and uh, you know was really just thinking her nether regions really missed his uh, easy rider, Jimmy. His easy rider. <laughs> his easy rider. <clears throat> Her pet name for his penis. Easy. Right. Right. Well, he called it Little Elvis. What about pregnant women in prison porn? No. Nina. Oh, my God. That's hot. You know. I'm going to brunch. Okay. Oh, yeah. We got to move along. But, you know, um, I think the only thing you could go further is if you, uh, they were... Missing a limb, maybe, because oh. amputee things is a big oh, thing. Oh yeah! Oh my God! It's a big thing. Amputee, pregnant amputee <laughs> women in in prison behind bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. very niche. Hot. It is hot. With Mrs. Love back in prison, Georgie sold all of her possessions, including a pair her a pair of false teeth. You know she was pissed oh, about that. I, yeah, I mean, you <laughs> yeah. know, false teeth don't just grow on trees. <laughs> Who buys fake false teeth? I ain't never been to a pawn shop and seen false teeth. <laughs> you need to get out more. 
Maybe I do, but aren't those things like kind of custom fitted for your gum? It seems like it'd be maybe not. Maybe not in the late nineteenth century. Maybe they just one size fits all. One size fits all. Maybe you just put them in a pot of boiling water and bit down real hard like you do on those mouth. I wonder if she he made her take them out during sex. Oh, Jesus. Well, you, certainly if they weren't custom made, those things would be flying around everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing worse, just... Nina, than have it, uh, having a woman uh, pleasure you with false teeth and they're not fit properly. Nothing worse than that. I'm well, going to take your word that's for it. A... I mean, you don't want to pull out, Timmy, and have teeth attached to yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one. Of, it just well, creates for awkward moments. Yeah, like, it's oh, embarrassing sorry, for the guy and the girl. Let's face it. Yeah, we're trying to save them some embarrassment. Really, right, right. Dignity. Yeah, that's what you guys are all about. Dignity. We absolutely we are. We're a very dignified. Just take the teeth out, podcast. lay them at the table, and we'll just consider your gums little speed bumps. So. <laughs> So Georgie, Georgie Smith went back to his other wife after he left uh, Beatrice. Uh, he cleared out her savings, and he left. It's, uh, it is unknown how many women he treated in this manner in the following years, but they were a lot. And Nina is going to tell us about what happens next. Well, in June of 1908, we know that Georgie married a widow from Worthing, and this was a woman named Florence Wilson. Flo. We'll On call July her Flo. 3rd, Flo, like, the insur- like his yes, insurance yes. daddy. On July 3rd, he left her, but not before taking 300 pounds drawn from her savings account and selling her belongings from their residence in Camden. Okay. But thankfully, he wasn't single for long. Oh, good. Someone for everyone. On July 30th. That's right. July 30th, 1908, he married Edith Peglar, and she had replied to an advertisement for a housekeeper. Okay. During their yeah, marriage, you for a job as a housekeeper and you end up married. Right. You end up dropping the movie. Yeah, I wonder if she had false teeth. <laughs> Maybe. That's a thing. During their marriage, Georgie would disappear for months at a time, saying he was going to another city to ply his trade, which he claimed was selling antiques. Hmm, selling antiques. No, servicing antiques is what Georgie was doing. Well, Colonel, what, about, what, what about pregnant amputee women with false teeth in prison? In prison, yeah. <laughs> that's hot. You got to yeah, miss that's, that's hot. Yeah, and... and, and I don't know if I'm going to use the proper name. Little people. Okay. Little people. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Little people. Is dwarf okay to say now? Or is that something that's going to get the colonel canceled? Little people. Little little women who are amputees with false teeth, pregnant, behind bars. Now, that's hot. Yeah. That's a niche. That is a niche. Yeah. So in between his other marriages, Georgie would always come back to Edith with money, at least for a while. See, he's he's providing for his wife. He's a good guy. Right. October 1909, under the name George Rose Smith, he married a woman named Sarah Freeman. As with Florence Wilson, he left her after clearing out her savings and selling her war bonds with a total take of 400 pounds. Okay. Did he... I wonder if he left her... False teeth. 
Hopefully he left those behind. It was after this he married Bessie Monday and Alice Burnham after that, and between Alice Burnham and Margaret Lofty in September 1914, he married Alice Reed, using the alias Charles Oliver James. Now, Nina, you're getting, are you getting the impression that he has a way with the ladies? Yeah, that or, you know, it was important for women back then to be married, so they may have jumped at someone who seemed less than ideal because it was still better than being single. And that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. Because um, a part of this I didn't come up research that uh, Leanne was telling me about is that one of the women he married, and we'll get to later, um, he had the, uh, the gonorrhea colonel. Oh, goodness, no. Yeah. That doesn't go away on its own. And one of the women was so desperate to get married, she married him anyway. Well, yeah, because this was before... He even went to gonorrhea? Yeah. This was before... Well, it's not like he told her. Well, apparently she... So he was a... He was a bacteria slinger, didn't Well, he? and this was before they had really any treatment for it, right? It's for penicillin, right? I think they used a wire brush and shoved it down there and tried to clean you out real good. Ugh. Like a pipe cleaner. Oh, my God. Something like that. You Ugh. put put the... Uh, I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, Nina. Uh, yeah. Remember camphor, Timmy? I remember camphor. camphor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that... That would fix anything. That yeah. would fix anything. And I think they would put some camphor on that and then just shove it down in there and give it a good swirl. And, <sighs> and then the you'd be brush cured. Out. Well, you wouldn't be cured, but you wouldn't want to have sex for like eight months. <laughs> so it kept it from spreading. So, from 1908 to 1914, Smith entered seven bigamous marriages, and in most of these cases, Georgie was content to go through his wife's possessions before disappearing. Soon, his romantic dalliances would turn more sinister. Ooh. Oh, my. In January of 1915, Division Detective Inspector Arthur Neal received a letter from a Joseph Crossley who owned a boarding house in Blackpool, England. Together with the letter were two newspaper clippings. One was from the News of the World, dated before Christmas 1914, about the tragic death of a Margaret Elizabeth Lloyd, age 38, who died in her lodgings. She was found in her bathtub by her husband, John Lloyd, and this was later determined that John Lloyd was George Smith, and the landlady. The other clipping contained the report of a coroner's inquest dated December 13, 1913, in Blackpool. It was about a woman named Alice Smith who died suddenly in a boarding house while taking a bath in her bathtub. She was found by her husband, a Mr. George Smith. Okay, so the letter there's some it's a cautionary tale, really, Colonel, about being careful when you're taking a bath. Yeah, you don't want to be careless in the tub. Well, tubs so this, are I think that's where most accidents happen in the home. Is in the tub. It's a dangerous place. It, it, it really can be. Yeah, and and don't have people don't have sex in the bathtub. It's really not conducive for sex. So avoid that if you can. I just I don't like being wet. You know, you know, you know what I mean, Colonel. You you're sticking on each together, each other. You know that everyone's talking. About, oh, it's great to have sex in the shower. It really is not. It's really not all that great. I just don't like getting soap in my eyes, Timmy. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. I, that's the part I don't like. 
You know, you it, it, you know, in the movies it looks great. You got the bubble bath and the candles, and you know, the woman's got a glass of wine. But what you find out is the woman's a hardcore drinker, and it's not wine. It's you know, one ninety proof something, and uh, because you know, I, I've I've seen your videos, Nina. I've seen your videos. Um, oh yeah. Your your mixing videos. Nina also yes. is a YouTube star, Timmy. Um, she She's makes videos of <clears throat> herself making drinks, and some of them have high alcohol content. You need not have them around candles. So no. it all seems like a romantic thing, right? Until the bathtub you're on is actually on fire, <laughs> like the Cuyahoga like River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much. And you know, you stop dropping and rolling on the bathroom floor. To try to put yourself out, you're like Richard Pryor. You know, you're all on fire there. Oh God! And uh, and, and you got soap in your eyes. Although I and, will uh, say, Colonel, some of my favorite porn is little people, oh, Jesus little women who are pregnant, <laughs> who are amputees with false false teeth, and in prison in a prison shower. <laughs> That's hot, Colonel. Well, prison shower, yeah, prison shower scenes are, you know, they're women prison shower scenes. Right. Men's men not prison so much. shower scenes turn very ugly very quickly, yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> they're not always as consensual as the women's. Um but anyway, right. back to the bathtub, you got to watch that they're just bringing wine in there, Timmy. Because you got the candle. So you would you insist on whatever they bring is uh non-flammable is what you're saying. Right, right, and I, and, I, and I believe that, um, you know, I'm not an expert, and I, I don't know everything about your life, Nina, but I, I believe that many of the things you drink um, could be used for arson, too. I have no comment on that. So, <laughs> but, uh, Body wash can be flammable, Nina. Just keep that in mind. Noted. Yeah. So this letter which was dated January 3rd, was written by Crossley, who was the landlord of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, on behalf of Crossley's wife and a Mr. Charles Burnham, who both expressed their suspicion on the striking similarity of the two incidents, and they urged police to investigate. So, Inspector Neal went to 14 Bismarck Road, where Mr. and Mrs. Lloyd had taken lodgings on December 17th. The landlady, she found it peculiar that before they took the room, Mr. Lloyd examined the bathroom. Well, I mean, you know, he wanted to make sure that, I mean, that's a, that's a most, that's a most important room in the house. Really, it is. He wanted to make sure the light, you know, was good for reading and. That the toilet could handle everything. Well, I mean, and you just don't want to, you know, see, that's why I I always want to buy a new house because I don't, I don't want people, buy a house that people's already pooped in. You know what I mean, Colonel? (laughs) You know that. My house, Timmy, when I bought it, <clears throat> I live in a house that's a hundred years old. Yeah, so Some, so it's been pooped um, in. Yeah, we're just a step up from you know having an outhouse. I think that's back <laughs> when they had indoor plumbing started indoor plumbing. So, yeah, I'd imagine mine had been used quite a bit. Um, I have though installed a toilet that you can flush twelve golf balls down. Nice. Have you seen those commercials? Have you ever seen those commercials? There's nothing you can yeah. throw at my toilet that it can't handle. 
because I raised three boys. I don't know how this happens, but um, you, you have three boys in the house. You know, you be you you be able to flush a baby shark. If you can't handle that, then you're going to be plunging the damn thing all the time. So, I don't know how they process so, food when it comes out, but it's it's amazing, really. So the bathtub in the bathroom was 50 inches long and 66 inches at the top. Neil found it hard to believe that a large adult like Mrs. Lloyd, who weighed nearly 240 pounds, could have drowned in such a small tub, especially since the tub was three quarters full when Mrs. Lloyd was found. Hold on, 66 inches at the top, that's five foot six inches, that's a goddamn swimming pool. Yeah, I'm picturing it as sort of like an L-shaped tub, but I don't know. Oh, okay. It's possible... It's possible that Timmy's measurements are skewed. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was meters instead of inches or something. I mean, 50 <laughs> inches long meters. and 66 at the top. That's like one of those dunking booths you see at the fair. <laughs> okay, perhaps. <laughs> I think it, 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 it was a very small tub. So I'm, I yes. will blame Leanne on, for that error. Oh, Leanne, I'm sorry. So the inspector then went to the coroner, a Dr. Bates, who signed the death certificate, and cautiously asked if there were signs of violence on the woman. There were none except for a tiny bruise above her left elbow. However, what was striking about the whole thing was that Mr. Lloyd had not shown any grief, and he'd ordered the cheapest coffin for his late bride. When told that the cheapest coffin available was four pounds... Mr. Lloyd inquired if there was such a thing as a used coffin that he could buy at a more favorable rate. That cheap bastard. You could tell he was devastated. Oh, crushed, yeah. absolutely. Only the best used coffin for my bride. Right, his 240-pound bride. <laughs> 240 Although, you know, 240 pounds, I'm trying to just do the measurements on the 66. Yeah, she would have fit in there pretty well. Right. You know, I mean, obviously she died in an accident, but here's ladies, if you love, if you love, well, or, or something nefarious, but it it occurred all at once. Ladies, if you love your husband, for God's sake, before you die, lose a few pounds. I mean, it's going to save him. It's going to save him when he goes to purchase a coffin. It's going to save the people, the your, the pallbearers for having to, you know, just eat a, eat a salad. Yeah. Eat a salad. That's all you we're see, saying. If I'm Lloyd, what I'm going to say is, you know what? If she could fit that ass into a, if she could fit the size 14 ass into a size 6 jean, you can squeeze real hard and fit her into that regular coffin. That's a good point, Colonel. Yeah. Would you agree, Nina? I agree. Sort yeah. of. I mean, I, I just, uh, yesterday I was I was out and I I saw a, uh, this happened to be a man, and he was, uh, you know, of, of not, just a little bit above normal size, and he had normal skinny size. jeans on. Skinny jeans. Okay. Now, skinny jeans, you know, you have a younger son, Nina, and- Skinny jeans are appropriate. Yes. Once you reach, say, I don't know, 30, 35, 40, but certainly not in your 50s, do you want to have a pair of skinny jeans on? No matter what size you are, 
But if you are no. a size 38, you don't want to be wearing skinny jeans. It's no. an affront to everyone around you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skinny, you know. No, men should not wear skinny jeans. Men over the age of 30 should probably not wear skinny jeans. Well, you know, women are lucky in so, in so many ways. In so many ways. In so many ways. But, you know, the, just, the go-to yoga pants and leggings. Uh-huh. You can just uh-huh. throw leggings on anytime you want. Right. If I walked around here in leggings and said, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll, go, yeah I'll go to the mall with you, you know, and threw on some leggings. People think I was out of my damn mind. <laughs> but women can just throw on leggings. And and it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a size 4 up to a size, I don't know what it goes up to, 42, 44, whatever. I, yeah, you can I just throw know. on leggings. And I believe, are, are leggings one size fits all? Do they just stretch? No. no. Or do you have to buy them in your size? You have to buy them in your size. Oh. Colonel, what about little women who are pregnant? <laughs> I can see. With false see teeth. Coming out. With false teeth in prison behind bars and camel toe. <laughs> there we go, Timmy. There we go. But pregnant that's camel gonna, toe. That's going to get ruined in the shower, Timmy. <laughs> it really is. So, upon further investigation, the inspector was able to learn that a will was made on the 18th, just hours before Margaret Lloyd died, and the sole beneficiary was none other than Georgie. Georgie Smith. You know, that it's just, it's fortunate that they did it when, you know, they wrote that will when they did. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a, a blessed so coincidence. He took the will to the solicitor for settlement within 45 minutes of her passing. In fact, he left the scene of her death before her body was taken away because he wanted to stake his claim on the will that afternoon. Well, I mean, he, he, he has things also, to do. You can't expect him. He's a busy man. Yeah. I mean, he's, I'm sure he mourns in his own way. On January 12th, Dr. Bates called. He had an inquiry for the from the Yorkshire Insurance Company about the death of Margaret Lloyd. She had, three days before she was married, taken out a life insurance policy for £700 with her husband, Georgie, as sole beneficiary. The inspector asked the doctor to stall his reply. He asked for more information on the Smith case from police in Blackpool, and he learned that Mrs. Smith had also taken out a life insurance policy and made a will in her husband's favor before they took lodgings in Blackpool. And they took those lodgings only after Georgie had inspected the bathtub. He was a stickler for the bathtub. He wanted to make sure he, he was go. a stickler yeah. for a bathtub, yeah. Convinced that he was dealing with the same man, Inspector Neal asked the coroner to issue a favorable report to the insurance company. He was counting on the man to get in touch with his solicitor and had the office watched day and night. I see. Now, that's why you want direct let- deposit, Colonel. Right. You want that electronic? Yeah, you don't have to go there and pick it up. Yeah, you want a wire transfer. That's when you get the account in Switzerland, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you get digit. I got digit, Timmy. What's a digit? Uh, it's kind of like PayPal. Oh, it's the other one, Venmo. Can... You know, I got kicked off of Venmo. Did you? <laughs> That's a good trick. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, the hell I, was I, you I, buying, Timmy? I don't. 
I, a long time ago, I I was sending money to a, a girlfriend, quote unquote, <laughs> <laughs> and they thought it was nefarious. I guess and they booted me off the system. So now every time someone says, Venmo "Do you have Venmo?" I have to say, oh, "No, I don't really have that." <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing. No, Nina. my phone doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, it I, is. Yeah. But on February 1st, a man fitting Lloyd Smith slash Georgie's description appeared. Inspector Neal introduced himself and asked whether he was John Lloyd, and the man responded yes. Then the inspector asked if he was also George Smith. The man vehemently denied it. Inspector Neal, already sure that John Lloyd and George Smith were the same man, told him that he was taking him in for questioning because of bigamy. bum 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 for three-fourths of an hour, the man refused to acknowledge any aliases, but insisted he was in a hurry to travel to Devonshire, where he was to be married the following day to a Miss Elizabeth Hash. Uh, he wasn't yeah, He wasn't wasting any time. See, no. what he should have done was got all Al Pacino on him and got real indignant and said, No, bigger me, no, bigger you. <laughs> The dude, the dude was say. a hard nut to crack. I mean, he he, he lasted yeah. for three quarters of an hour. <laughs> he did. Under intense questioning, the man finally admitted that he was indeed George Smith. Inspector Neal guessed that Smith made the admission because he would rather admit to having committed bigamy than to murder. In any case, George Smith was under arrest. With Smith arrested, the renowned pathologist Bernard Spilsbury, that's a great name, Spilsbury, was asked to determine how the women died. Although he was the home office pathologist and acted mainly in a consulting capacity, <laughs> he was, he was a... also available. Hmm? He, he was the Spilsbury po' boy. <laughs> <laughs> he was also available for direct assistance to the police force. Margaret Lloyd's body was exhumed, and Spilsbury's first task was to confirm drowning as the cause of death, if so, whether by accident or by force. He confirmed the tiny bruise on the elbow, as noted before, as well as two microscopic marks. But the evidence of drowning was not extensive. I, this, in all seriousness, this was one of the first cases where they used uh, pathology and, you know, science to determine cause of death and that so well timmy there were no signs of heart or circulatory disease but the evidence suggested that the death was almost instantaneous as if the victim had died of a sudden stroke now poison was also seen as a possibility and dr spilsbury ordered tests on its presence finally he proposed to Inspector Neal that they set up some experiments in the very same bathtub in which Margaret died. Dun, dun, dun. Neal set it up in a police station and got five large naked women to come in. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> With okay. false teeth. That's not really in the story. Now, despite digging this woman up <clears throat> as discreetly as possible, the press got wind of the stories of the brides in the baths. The stories of the brides in the baths began to appear. And on February 8th, the chief of police, Herney Bay. No, I'm sorry, the chief of police of Herney Bay. I thought that was his name. A small seaside resort in Kent had read the stories and sent Inspector Neal 
a report of another death which was strikingly similar to the other two. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A year before Alice Burnham's death in Blackpool, one Henry Williams had rented a house on 80 High Street with no bath for himself and his wife, Beatrice Bessie, and my dog decided to join in here, Monday, whom he married in Weymouth in 1910. He rented a bathtub seven weeks later. I didn't know you could you can rent bathtubs. <laughs> I didn't know you could rent bathtubs. I don't want to rent someone's <laughs> bathtub. That's nasty. Well, I mean, you... Or their um, toilet. I mean, that'd be gross. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you rinse it out real good, does it, does it really uh, matter? Yeah. Because kinda, you're dirty getting wanna, in, so what do you care? dead people. I mean, some, someone could have pooped on there and then died. What if someone was murdered in that bathtub? That's a good, good um, be that, renting a haunted bathtub. It would be. Mm, that would that would give me a wee bit, I believe, of a, a chub getting in the bathtub, <laughs> knowing that. I would I would be Jesus. sitting there thinking about all the you know me, uh, all, the short <clears throat> women with no teeth, pregnant in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. That's hot. Well, anyway, <laughs> in prison. Anyway, Henry Williams. A year before Alice Burnham's death in Blackpool, one Henry Williams had rented a house on 80 High Street with no bath for himself, Timmy, and his wife, Beatrice Bessie Mundy, whom he married in Weymouth. He then rented a bathtub seven weeks later. How'd you like to be the poor bastard that has to deliver a rented bathtub? <laughs> Carry it up a flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, now, Henry, you think they have repo men? <laughs> <laughs> they do, yeah. Henry then took his wife to a local doctor because by then she had a terrible case of gonorrhea, I suppose. But oh, God. Frank French, now due to a supposed attack of epilepsy, Uh-oh. although Ms. Williams was only complaining of headaches, to which the doctor described some medication. Now, back in that day, what was that stuff they always gave women? Laudlin or uh, something like that? Dilaudid. Which was yeah. basically... Dilaudid. Oh, okay. I'm thinking... What, yeah, laudum is what I'm thinking. Knocked out real good. The opiate. What was that? That was laudum, right? Laudum, right. Yeah. We should give that so shit to July you today. So on July 12... For having a headache or losing your fault. You get Tylenol. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you get Tylenol. You don't get anything good. Well, on July 12, 1912, Ms. Williams woke up Dr. French saying that his wife was having another attack. The doctor checked on her and promised to come back the following afternoon. However, he was surprised when on the following morning he was informed by Mr. Williams that his wife, again, had died of drowning. Boy, that's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Well, he's yeah, you think... You think he quit renting bathtubs and just get a garden hose and hose these women off? You know, these women need to learn to start taking showers, Colonel. They really do, but, you know, they want, like every other woman, oh, I have a hard day, my life's so hard, you know, I had to have a baby or whatnot. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I've got like menstrual get, cramps. Like I said, yeah, I got menstrual cramps. It's It's been a day. Gloria was just so cranky and, you know. The kids and uh, it, it just I can't find my boss. So then they have to get in. The, <laughs> you can find my. The, so then they got to get. 
I just really need a hot bath and a glass of wine. You know, that's a woman's cure for everything. Mm -hmm. Hot glass, a hot bath and a glass of wine. Hot bath, cold glass. Showers, ladies. Take showers. I've never heard that. Showers, yes. You don't really get clean until you get showers. Well, and you really, but, you know, here's the thing about showers. If you're going to take a shower, in order to get clean, you need to do handstands. You know what I'm saying, Colonel? Do a handstand. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, because what happens is the water runs right over the nethers. Right over the lady It runs right over. Yeah, but you don't get there. Yeah, you can't count on gravity to hit all the creases and the folds. Handstands, and then you, you know, you... Your legs oh apart, God. and it takes care of it. I'm going to brunch. <laughs> Continue, Colonel. The doctor found Bessie Williams in the tub, her head underwater. Her legs bum, stretched bum, bum. out straight, and her feet protruding out of the water. Now, there was no trace of violence, so Dr. French just figured another woman drowned during an epileptic attack, a seizure. Mm-hmm. An inquest jury was apparently convinced and awarded Mr. Williams the amount of 2,500 pounds, which is stipulated in the will, made up five days before her unfortunate design. Boy, he's lucky. He gets those wheels done right before they happen to have an... Timing is everything. Yeah. Such a coincidence. Now, Inspector Neal, he sent some photographs. Now, I don't know that you should be sending pictures of women in the tub. (laughs) No, no, that's not what he sent. Oh, Okay. He sent photographs of Smith to Herney Bay for possible identification and went to Blackpool where Dr. Salisbury, of the Salisbury steak family, was conducting an autopsy of Alice Williams. Now, again, the results were the same as with Margaret Lloyd. Lack of violence, every suggestion of instantaneous death, and little evidence of drowning. Furthermore, there were no traces of poison on Margaret Lloyd. Now, baffled, 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 Spillsbury, I'd hate to have that last name, (laughs) routinely took measurements. Yeah, Spillsbury, don't spill your berries on me. So anyway, took measurements of the corpse and had the tub sent to London. This is this. They're getting really serious. I know. This tub is all going all over the place. He's. I mean, this guy's used to the police just coming in and saying, "Oh, you know, she got drunk and drowned." But this time they're like, "No, we're going to look into it. We got microscopes now. We can look at. We can figure stuff out." Colonel, never masturbate in the bathtub. That's all I'm saying. Because you get. I never considered that to me, Colonel. (laughs) It does it now. I see. I thought would just. I. I. Uh, that's not something I gave much thought to because I would I would just think it would create a tidal wave, you know, like all the movement would just be too it'd be too busy for me to break up my. You wouldn't be able to concentrate at all with all that noise going on. So any people, little people surfing by you or whatever. Now this time when Spillsbury examined Bessie Williams, he found one sure sign of drowning. The presence of goosebumps on the skin. Did you know that? Hmm. Now no, you've done I a lot not. of true crime, but drowning. I learned something new. Yeah. Goosebumps. Goosebumps on the skin. As with the other two deaths, the tub where Miss Williams died was sent to London. Now I wonder if the goosebumps remain after you're buried. And they 
dig you up. Hmm. Now, for weeks, maybe she had Salisbury from masturbating in a bathtub. <laughs> she could have been doing that, yeah. It's, well, the water gets cold. I mean, you're going to get goosebumps, mm, too. Right. It ain't like today. I think back in the old days, you had to fill it up with the hot water yourself. So the water would get cold, you get goosebumps, and I, I don't find that compelling evidence. <laughs> anyway, its first stage consists of stiffening, which is generally the first stage, yes, an extension of the entire body. Now, considering her height, she was five foot seven, so she wasn't a short woman. And the length of the tub, five feet, the upper part of her body would have been pushed up, right? Sloping the head of the tub far above the level of the water. Now, the second stage would consist of violent spasms of the limbs, Timmy. Violent. Which were drawn up to the body and then flung outward. Therefore, no one her size could possibly get underwater, especially when her muscles would relax on the third stage. The tub was simply too small. Ooh, you know what? That'd be a nasty thing because I've heard when you go, your innards, you know, your bowels and stuff release. Oh, in the like bathtub. you like to have to clean oh. that bathtub up. Well, Ew. yeah. I, and then rent it to someone else. And, yeah, now you got to give it back. You ain't getting your deposit back on that, I believe. So suddenly a light bulb went off. I wonder if you rent a bathtub, like you could take it one place and turn it in somewhere else, you know, like when you do when you do a rental for a car. Like a car. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could rent one here and drop it off in Chicago or. (laughs) Well, I think you would probably just come to pick it up. But yeah, you could probably do. I like UPS, you know, just say. I'm going to take it to Staples and, you know, my bathtub will be there. I need a receipt. So anyway, using Dr. French's description of Bessie Williams when he found her in the tub, Spilsbury reasoned that Smith, under the pretense of a lover's teasing, must have seized Bessie by the feet and suddenly pulled them upward himself, sliding the upper body underwater. Now, this sudden flood of water into her nose and throat might cause shock and sudden loss of consciousness. This would explain the absence of injuries and minimal signs of drowning. Pretty ingenious. This was an ingenious evil man. He was was a smart guy, our Georgie. Armed with this new theory, Neil hired several experienced female divers of the same size, <laughs> wow, I bet those weren't easy to find, and billed as the victims, and tr- I mean, because they're divers too. Well, I w- so right. I wonder if they had how fall, many divers they also do you had find? False teeth. <laughs> yeah, and, and amputees, and uh, but no, I mean, how many experienced female divers did you have back in well, that day? Yeah, apparently. So anyway. He uh he really he he didn't explain what he was doing and then he tried to push them underwater by force and uh there would be inevitable signs of struggle and some hurt feelings and things like that because they really thought they was just doing something else. Well then Neil unexpectedly pulled the feet of one of the divers and the head glided underwater before she even knew what happened. Now, suddenly, Neil saw that the woman was no longer moving. (laughs) She did not really sign up for this. 
And he quickly pulled her out of the tub and took took her to a doctor. And uh, it took a doctor over half an hour to revive the woman. <laughs> yes. So Yikes. this yeah, this is our warning, Nina. When you're experimenting <clears throat> with how to murder people, be careful. That's all we're saying. I'm, yeah, I'm taking notes. Right. I'm good. Yeah, I want you to stand here, and I'm going to throw this knife at this trajectory because I'm trying to see if, you know, this guy could have done this, or you know, I'm going to fire this gun down. You're 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 about five seven, right? So no, you don't want to do yeah. that. So no. anyway, did you know, um, did Nina? Did you know you could kill someone by just grabbing their feet while they're in? Uh... I am learning so much from this well, script, well, we're, Timmy. We're an education, really we're an nicely educational done podcast. It's true. We are it's true. we are educational, if nothing else. Um, now George Smith, he was arrested and formally charged for the murders of Bessie, Alice, and Margaret. George went on to trial for triple homicide. Dun, dun, dun. And at the Old Bailey, it took the jury about twenty minutes. Really deliberated the trial. <laughs> yeah, they they, they really, had a good case against him. Yep. What do you say, Colonel? They so, had to wait to get. They had a they had a delay so they could get their free lunch. <laughs> yeah, they, they it lasted two days. They only deliberated for fifteen minutes, but these were you know generally it was poor people on. on they're getting juries. per diem and yeah, they yeah. get a per diem and a free lunch, and you know they was having chicken salad that second day and and pudding, so. Pudding. They hung around. Now, on July 1st, 1915, it took the jury 20 minutes just to find him guilty of murder, and he was sentenced to death. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, now, George <laughs> Joseph Smith, who we all know was well hung. He was a ladies' man. Was then well hanged in Maine. They said he was hung. Yes, when they said he was hung, they meant it. And at Maidstone Prison on August 13th, 1915, George continued to be a swinger. <laughs> he, just, he was 43 years old. And that was the end of old Georgie and, unfortunately, the end of some ladies. So, ladies, when you, when you, here's a lesson to be taken from this. When you've been uh, as, as not all, because I imagine you're quite pleasant to be around all of the time, Miss Nina. Oh, yeah. But as some ladies are wont to do, as you're nagging your husband all day, okay, and you decide you're going to, you know, fill your little cup up with liquor and light a candle and get in the bathtub, and he comes in and says, honey, you seem a little stressed. Would you like a foot massage? It's probably best to just turn him down. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be best really to head it all off and not nag the poor man all day, you know, as again, women. Well, are... if you just do what I asked the first time. Well, it's the way that you ask. It's oh. the way that you ask. See, you ask. Here's what happens. You don't really ask. You ask. You don't see the way that it's asked is not. Honey, dear, who I know you work very hard all day, and you know, and, I, and I'm going to ask you for just a little bit extra. Um, I'm really going to impose my burden onto you, but could you take the trash out? You know, and give him an incentive to do that. 
Yeah. But rather you, your your version of asking, I don't mean you, I just mean, you know, the the many, many females. I don't want, I, you know me, I don't like to generalize. Right. Um, but many females, it's, oh, are you going to take the garbage out or do you expect it to walk to the can by itself? You know, that's their version because it ends with a question mark. So they say they are, they simply ask the question. And then they don't understand why you have a hold of their ankles and they're underwater. <laughs> and your false teeth Whoosh. gone. And yeah, false teeth floating on the top. So that's it's a cautionary really tale, really. Goes. It's been played it out is. many, many, many times. Uh, Nina, what's your final thoughts on the brides in the bath murders? I am not going to change my will immediately after I get married. Whatever you do, don't don't change your will and take a no life insurance either. No, take a shower. I love baths. We would suggest maybe I'll lock the door. Yeah, or well, I mean, keep both of your feet in the bathtub if you're going to do that, because you don't want it, you don't want them outside the bathtub where someone can grab them and pull you underwater. This is your exactly. Actually, you probably want to shackle your ankles in the bathtub so nobody could grab you and pull you out. <laughs> no, it's a good point, Colonel. Pass. That's why people or, tune you know into this podcast for life. Life yeah, hacks. The next time, and and so I know you like to. I know you like to pamper yourself a little bit, Nina. Um, so the next yes. time you get a pedicure, get your toenails sharpened to point. <laughs> so that way, when somebody little comes talons. at you, you can just shoo, 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 and slice them open. Just gut them right That's there in the bathtub. Yep. Yeah. These I mean, are that, these yeah, are you know these are little tips that if you follow them. Uh, you you may live a long and healthy life, but if you don't right. follow them, you may find yourself underwater with your husband Under, literally your underwater. Feet yeah, while you drown. So <laughs> yeah, be careful. Yeah, I wonder if he sold her teeth. I, I mean, Probably. you know, I don't know. Can you rent? Could you rent false teeth? You can. Rent <laughs> can a, you rent teeth? You can rent. He probably wore them around a chain around his neck to remember them by. Uh, Colonel, what's your final thoughts on the brides in the bath murders? You know, I, I feel sorry for, for these poor ladies because they was, you know, for the most part, spinsters. Um, and they were clean. I mean, they obviously, they took. They were clean. Mm-hmm. They had good hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, except the one with and, gonorrhea, I guess. Well, they all had gonorrhea by that <laughs> point. But, uh. But you know, if if you're the one giving people gonorrhea, you don't really care if they have gonorrhea. So yeah, right. It, it, you know, it I was pretty uh, selfish of him not to. I mean, to spread his gonorrhea around, given given the woman gone. But he he kind of cured it by pulling them under the water. I guess. So. Well, I think he figured that they was going to be dead before they, you know, yeah, before the they get to the later stages. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, Does Nina, thank you. Gunner, is it like syphilis where you get brain disease and stuff or is just stuff fall off your body? I don't know. It's some of the late state. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, baseball players early on, um, you know, in the, in the early 20th century, a lot of them died from untreated 
Well, syphilis. I'm not sure about gonorrhea, but in, syphilis yeah. was much worse. Yeah, gonorrhea, syphilis is what I think. Gonorrhea rots. was chronic, but I think they they used to like slam books down on your junk and oh, do things like that. Yeah, try to clear out the infection and. Ew. Well, we do. Well, we are. We note. do not promote gonorrhea on this podcast, uh, Nina. We are very anti-gonorrhea. We're anti-gonorrhea. So. Mm-hmm. We go, we, uh, we appear, uh, you know, marches and uh, ceremonies, and, you know, anti-gonorrhea day uh, once a year. This year it's going to be in lovely downtown Nashville. So we're going to, we're going to be there uh, to promote anti-gonorrhea, um, our anti-gonorrhea message. So join us nina if you'd like it's really the bacteria that just keeps giving and giving it really does yeah we uh we will nina we really appreciate you coming in uh, we really do really now do you feel like you go after this episode you just have to go take a bath yourself no, I'm going to go drink at brunch. Really good hot shower (laughs) okay well we hope we didn't so you're going to go knock back mimosas I'm going to go knock back mimosas. Well, you enjoy well, you your go. brunch, and we really appreciate you joining us today um, and filling in for the um, uh, drunken Brandy. Who we yeah. Hopefully, Brandy will be okay. Well, she'll well, sober I, up eventually. It doesn't really matter one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> I worry about her. She's liable to be in a bathtub with somebody reaching for her ankles right now. <laughs> so. uh, we will oh, do uh, shout-outs next week. Uh, we don't have them together right now, but we appreciate all of you who support us on Patreon. Nina, you, like Nina gets, you know, Nina is a wealthy podcaster, but right, we um, we are members of the Acast Network. Nina, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, and we've yes. been paid like th- twice in what? Well, how long, Colonel? Seven years. Uh, just seven years. Yes. Yeah, so, it's, it's okay, yeah. though. We, we, you know, but we do this for the fun of it. We really do it to get back to the community. The joy. We, the joy we try to get back to the community. Yeah, so. And we try to, you know, promote anti-gonor- anti-gonorrhea message. And anti-cheese on your end, Timmy. Clap. Anti-cheese. Feel free to clap, but don't get to clap. <laughs> yeah. Wise Applaud. Words, Tim. Don't get to clap. Exactly. Thank you, Nina, for joining us. Nina, you have a lovely day. Enjoy and your try to uh, try to stay somewhat sober because I know yeah. you got drinking to do tonight. So pace yourself. I got drinking. Yep. Yeah. Today's the stuff that doesn't catch on fire, though. Today's right. just the mimosas. Right. And next or tonight later, it'll be the bathtub gin. Tonight will be the yeah the stuff that you have to have a a license to handle. So, well, you take care. Thank you for coming on yes. the show, and, and we thank will talk you for to doing you very, very soon. Coming in on it short right. notice, and we'll see the rest of you soon. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on History Dweez. Bye, everyone. Bye. Good day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.